Welcome to the Higher Energy Superpower. This is episode 11 of the Turbo Duo Cast. I am your host, Salvatore Mata, and to my left is my brother from another game show lover, Oh, Trenton <laughs> E. Wright III. Esquire. Golf clap. Tiger Woods 98 golf clap. That's my line. <laughs> my line. How you doing, Trent? Oh, just peachy. Good to see you. Haven't seen you in about five minutes. I know, right? Yeah. It's good. <laughs> That's good. All right. Things go well? Everything's good? Oh, couldn't be better. Yeah? Got the mic back. I know. We see. I can see that. You take the mic home with you. <laughs> I did. On our last podcast, Trenton had some difficulties with his mic. We sent it back into um, and my life M- to, to, to MXL. They <laughs> um, they kind of uh, straightened out a few things with us, and um, surprisingly, they uh, they just took it in and fixed, yeah. they did whatever it had to do and send it right back. Yeah, which usually when they say you know companies say that they're like they're not checking anything. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Got that thirty seven day limited warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you have it back. Hopefully that uh, enhances our podcast a little bit. And um, today we're going to be talking about a a retro topic that uh, we're going to single in on one game this time, guys, uh, because we we think it's a big enough um, hitter. It's real big. House real big. Cars real big. Big real big. Everything real big. The game. They like it. They like it when it's big. (laughs) They want the big ones. House real big. Cause real big, you know. Last podcast was uh, was Killer Instinct and Eternal Champions, but you know everybody wants it when it's big. Bigger is better, so they say. Sometimes, mm. and in this case, it really is. Um, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil today. Mm. We're going to be talking about some of the history of this game, what it's really meant for its genre, mm. our memories of this game. We've got, I've got a, a, I've got some stories to tell. Ooh, well, that's what makes it better. Um, not about a chick that I met down in ATL. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but about this game and and uh, yeah, they're the same stuff around it and um, what was going on at the time that that I was playing it. So do you have any stories about this game? One or two. Okay. And all Good. right, ready to go? Yeah. I th- I thought I heard like a little uh, yeah like a little cut. Yep. Was that a, was that a cut? <laughs> was it or was yeah. it, or was it just? No, it was this. Okay. <laughs> Well, why don't we get into uh, why don't we get into some show notes from last time? Now, uh, last time that we met, we were we were talking about on on the last podcast. I tend to go down on rants, and I had a rant oh, about yeah? about eBay and how oh, I was frustrated with eBay and eBay sexually sucks frustrated, extraordinarily <laughs> biometrically sexually frustrated, and um, just looking for an out when it comes to my sexual habits when it comes to ebay (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know as i got to thinking about it more there there are some alternatives to ebay and i don't know if if you've some as in you got offer up you got let go so you got facebook mercari so the one so okay so nothing is going to be as extensive as ebay because ebay has been as around as long as it has been yeah and for somebody like me who's looking for very specific titles i'm not just going on and seeing what's new today i'm looking for specific items i tend to have to go more towards the ebay route that that tends to be what i have to do yeah but if you're somebody who's you know possibly just starting in retro collecting but if you're somebody who is 
really more just you know interested in kind of building your collection and as titles come up that you that you see maybe that you don't know or maybe that you've played in your past as they come up maybe it's something that you throw a few bucks down on and, and, and kind of relive those old memories and build your library a little bit and there are you know for, for somebody who's trying to build their library that way there are some options and um, you know so I one of the one of the ones that has been around actually for a few years now is GameStop Classics. So I don't know if you if you know about GameStop Classics. Uh, I don't. What I know they did they were testing to try to sell like retro games and they and they still are. Oh, they still are. Doing so you it. can is it online only? It's online, so you can go online and you can go to GameStop Cl- Classics. I don't know what exactly what the website name is, but you can go in there and. You, you you can basically search any any game you want or you can search by system and not every game is going to be on there but there's going to be listings for these games and the, the only issue with it with GameStop Classics is that it doesn't tell you if it comes with the manual if it comes with the case or if it's just a loose disc yeah like that's not but, important right well but you can <laughs> but but you can you can there's free returns so if it doesn't come in the way you want it you can always return it and get your money back and, and you know handle it that way. It's not very sophisticated, but it is an option that's out there. The other one, um, now, uh, where I usually go to see what games are worth or what I should be paying for them is PriceCharting.com. Uh, oh, yeah. And PriceCharting has their own service right? Where, where users can go on and they can list games and they can sell games and it all uses uh, PayPal, I think. And... You know, it's pretty. It's a pretty standard thing. And, and oh, wait, you can buy it from there too, right off of price charting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a it's a market. I've never it's even a, used it's, it. a, it's a marketplace, just like uh, like eBay. Oh, in fact, okay. it looks a lot like eBay when you're when you're in that tool. You just go all the way down on price charting, and then there's a little button you can press to get in there. So that's an an option. And then I it's funny because I sold a game on eBay recently uh, to a guy up in Springfield, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, which is very close to Connecticut, and. We were just kind of conversing back and forth about retro gaming and, and um, just kind of got to talking. And he was telling me about, he's like, you know, have you ever looked on Mercari? And I had never used Mercari before. And and so I checked out Mercari, and Mercari has actually a, a pretty decent amount of of games. You know, I'm, I'm searching, you know, let's say I'm just, just searching Sega, Sega Saturn. There's still a pretty good amount of listings on there. All right, we had a break in the action, folks. We, in fact, did not have success with Trenton's microphone, and we're having to go back to the spoon. <laughs> it was all a lie. <laughs> As I was saying, uh, so I learned about Mercari. Go on Mercari. Check it out if you guys haven't seen it yet. And much more than, like, let go, there's a there's quite a, a bit of, of, of material on there, of product on there that you can, that you can, you can pick up. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's got everything. But I mean, the amount of things that were on there, I was I was surprised. I mean, you could build a collection through Mercari if you wanted to. Oh yeah, a lot of people buy uh, you know wrestling figures and everything from Mercari. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, that is a much more vibrant place than like a Let Go, or even a price charting, or even a GameStop Classics, in my opinion. Now you're not going to be able to pick and choose, but it's still going to be a place where you can find some pretty good games. I I mean, I saw, you know, pretty much a lot of the regular, most popular games were on there. You know, and you're gonna you're gonna pay less. The thing, the thing about about eBay is that they charge nine percent on top of the three percent you got to pay PayPal. Yeah. You know when you're when you're when you're a seller, 
you know? So it's just, it, it, it inflates that price by that much more. People would be more inclined to sell for probably cheaper if, if they weren't getting whacked every single time that they, they sold something. Yeah. You know? Oh, I know. I know. So that's my, that's my, my kind of show note rant about, um, you know, about, about eBay. It is what it is, but there are other options out there. So if you're not, you know, too crazy particular, you can actually build a nice library of, of a lot of classic systems. I mean, if, I, if I'm finding Saturn stuff on there, you're going to be able to find Game Boy and Nintendo and Super Nintendo and 64 and Genesis. and Just scratching the surface of the games. Yeah, you know. so Metaphorically, not literally. Yep. Uh, now, now is the time where we do Sal's World Series Baseball 98 update. <laughs> uh, I am 30-2 and two now, so I was 26-2 and two last podcast, so I've tacked on six games. Um, Doc Gooden is lights out. Shut him down. Shutting him down. Have you seen him lately, by the way? Should I or should I not? He has got a barrel. <laughs> he is working with a barrel. Oof. Let me tell you. It's <laughs> On the ass or the stomach? <laughs> Let's call it a beach ball. <laughs> he came out for Yankees Old Timers Old Timers Day. Oh, did he? Recently? He, yeah. Well, this year when they had Old Timers Day. And... Um, Doc the Spock Gooden. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. Let's let's just put it that way. It was something. All right. Um, let's get into a little bit of... Uh, oh, no. Uh, the, the name. The name of the podcast that we found. So we played... I think we were playing the Texas Rangers, and we heard... Listen to this. Catch this. Mickey Fruit Loops Tettleton. <laughs> Wait, did you actually say that? And you... Uh, you think I would make that up? <laughs> Fruit Loops? Mickey Fruit Loops I mean, look it up. Mickey Fruit Loops Tettleton. Copyright infringement right there. I mean, this is 90, <laughs> This is 97 when that game came out, so my guess is that uh, you know the Fruit Loop company wasn't too keen on uh, on what was going on in video games at the time. Um, let's get a little into uh, some modern retro here. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> so uh, the uh, Retro World Expo has... Sadly, come and passed. Mm. Another one in the books. Magnificent time, though. Um, before we get into that, uh, we are going to be heading to uh, Retro Game Con Seven, which is coming up next week. It is seven, huh? Uh, well, as 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 we record this, yes, it is Retro Game Con Seven. So we are going to try to have this episode out to you guys before then. Um, obviously, it's we're talking about Resident Evil and, and Halloween is coming up. That's kind of the big spooky story big reason uh for that so um and uh, you know so retro game con they've been great they asked us to be there um they you know come check out our booth when we're there look for the pin no i'm just kidding we're <laughs> that ain't true that's not true like wait we're not we're not getting <laughs> why are you lying <laughs> <laughs> we will sign autographs if you're gonna be there i mean you're more I mean, than we'll welcome be there to. get them now handing out stuff get them now when we blow up all right those are going to be worth some money everybody okay you're going to have a first edition Salmata autograph. No one Trenton Wright. Not so much. Not so much. Um, I like road trips. Road trips are fun. You know, we're going to be traveling about three and a half, four hours heading up to Syracuse. You know, you'll be in the back of the car with Sal, maybe playing a little, maybe playing some video games. Some more Toy Story. Play some Toy Story on, <laughs> on Sega Genesis on oh, the yeah. uh, on the DVD screen. Oh, yeah. Real official. I'm sure uh, my wife will want to go to a crystal shop or a garden shop while yeah. we're up there. We have to do that. She's letting us go up the there. The fern you know? gullies. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congrats to the Retro Games Plus guys. Um, you know the uh, 
uh, Retro World Expo guys. They did a fantastic job. Ryan, Chris, Dennis, um, they, they just did a, a fantastic job, and, and everything went off really, really well for the time that we were there. Lots of great vendors, um, people making deals. The arcades were popping. Um, they had panels going. They had some fantastic YouTubers. I mean, they had, like, the gamers gamers, you know? I mean, it, w- Metal Jesus is not really, like, I don't think of him as, like, a deep and down, dirty, journalistic gamer. He's just like a guy who posts top 10 videos. And, you know, he was in the game so early that he he got a lot of traction and a lot of following. But he tends to bring on a lot of guests that know what they're talking about. Yeah. More so than him knowing specifically. Where when you have, uh, you know, Storm and Norman, the uh, the gaming historian. That's my name for him, by the way. Oh, or when like, you, or, yeah, or when you, or when you have you know uh, Chris Alamo from Classic Gaming Quarterly or Corey Carlson from uh, My Life in Gaming, like these guys are, these guys are gamers, gamers, and to get those guys there, they're just really in tune with kind of what's happening in the retro scene. So kudos to those guys for doing a fantastic job. Um, I think the thing that we both picked up during it was a kind of a concern for retro game scarcity. Scur- yeah. scarcity especially well, on, some of, on some yeah like <laughs> the, uh, sega sega cd sega saturn and 32x i mean 32x is there's like 10 games for 32x <laughs> yeah, I so i mean it's you know but definitely for sega you know sega cd sega saturn there were like you know the same five titles that we saw pretty much everywhere the only decent one that i picked up was iron storm and i got the case for rise of the dragon we still got to get you <laughs> get you your disc no i got it Oh, you did? Yeah, I ordered it that night on eBay. Did you really? Yeah. You never told me. I, I, we did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it right now. $12. I don't listen, man. <laughs> when he talks. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, there's there's some concern there. It, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Like, I started going on eBay, and I think I ordered, like, 10 <laughs> games. <laughs> I got a fever. All over than full price. Yeah. Um, no, and I'm even noticing it now, and I don't know if it's because the holidays are coming or, or what's going on, but I'm noticing some of some of the titles when you go on eBay that are were, were like standard or maybe uncommon, but they were always having, you know, four, five, six listings. Some of them don't have any, or some of them maybe have one, and it's an inflated price. Yeah. So that's a part where I see uh, this is Because they know they're the, they have the only one up right now, so they can pretty much put it, you know... But I'm just saying this is a this offer. is a, a nation, na- worldwide organization that has worldwide. it's got an auction it's an auction that or, or an auction site that anybody can post something to to sell and there's one guy that has a copy of Norse by Northwest you know or <laughs> or you know um, Golden Axe the Duel or you know like very very scarce numbers for some nature. Some of these games, I don't know about Seven Liquid Snatcher, but I'm, I'm sure that's, and it's only making these games that much more expensive, you know. Um, the Genesis Mini is amazing. I know that that came out a while ago, but I haven't really talked about that. Genesis does. 16-bit arcade graphics. You can't do this on Nintendo. Genesis does. 16-bit sports action. You can't do this on Nintendo. Genesis does. Um, not that I want to go too deep, but the emulation is fantastic. The design of the console is amazing. Um, and it made me start to think, after playing it and after you know seeing the design and feeling it, I was saying to myself, what would stop a company like Sega or Nintendo from just re-releasing one of their old consoles or, at the very least, just re-releasing cartridges or discs? 
Like, what would actually stop them from doing that? Especially if it's a Nintendo-owned property or a Sega-owned property where they have all the rights, they don't have to go back and get anything to do that. Because they can, my theory, well, theory would be that, because they could just put it on digitally and charge the same price and have no overhead. But I think you could charge. To, I think you could charge more. Have, I think you could charge more because of the nostalgia for a Super Nintendo cartridge with the box, with the manual, and sell it for twenty nine ninety nine for Goof Troop or what you know, or I don't know why I said Goof Troop, but F Zero, a Super one. Mario World, or you know whatever, you know. No, bring in the other company. Bring in Disney. Get, get, you know, give a cut to Disney for for every cartridge that's sold. But I don't know. It would make it way more, like more. The, the systems people, aren't going bad. I feel like the people that would buy it were just gonna go to the game store or wherever and then just buy a copy of it. You know, it's like Nintendo's gonna re-release a cartridge, go through all that, make the cartridge, the box, and all that, and then they have to ship it to the stores, and then the store takes a cut when they can just literally charge ten dollars on their own service and keep all the money. Right, but then they're releasing these retro consoles. They're putting forty games on them. They yeah. got to get the rights to do all that. They got to distribute all all of those. That's an eighty dollar product. If you made a bunch of thirty dollar products, you could you could make. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's. There's a good reason why they're not doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. But in in for me, in like a perfect world, I'm thinking, this would be fantastic if you could go to a store and just like it used to be. And it's probably my nostalgia speaking, but go up. They got the hang tags. You put, you know, you pull them off. Like you're going to Sears. Like, yeah, like you're going to, to <laughs> Toys R Us or something. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being just unreasonable. No, I understand, but I'm sure that's why they don't do it. Or, well, why don't they license it out to a company like, um, like Limited Run or something like that, where you, where they're going to create them again, and then you can, you can buy them from a company like Limited Run Games. There's a company. They want all the money. <clears throat> there's a company in in Europe called PCE Works, which is for the PC Engine, the Turbo Graphics 16. They they create the CD based games on silver discs and and sell them with all the packaging, all the stuff that comes with it. They they sell that stuff. And 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 you can buy them on their website. You know, four games for eighty bucks, four games for a hundred bucks. You know, and then they throw in like a free you know yeah item or something like that. You know, like that's pretty cool. Like I went on there, I bought some turbo some turbo stuff on there a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. you know, of like some rare games that if you had to go out and buy the real discs, it'd be like four hundred dollars. Hmm. You know, so it's yep. just some it's just amusing that I had. Um, yeah, we got to anyways going back to uh, Retro World Expo. We got to meet some some of the people that influenced our channel, so that was a lot of fun and and um, and whatnot. So, um, if you're in the if you're in the Connecticut area, I just want to give a shout out to Brandon Farr. Um, a friend of the show, a friend of ours, um, who opened up a, a brand new retro game store and toy store in Manchester, Connecticut, called Retro Re- called Junk. Retro Junk, and um, we were just having a conversation about game. He's 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 a gamer at heart. Um, loves Game Boy, loves loves Nintendo, Super Nintendo. He's got a ton of of Super Nintendo and, and especially Game Boy stuff. So if you're into that, if you're gonna be in the area. You know, go down to Main Street and check out Retro Junk. It's in the Manchester Mall there, which is kind of like a bazaar in, um, in Manchester, Connecticut. Uh, and we were kind of talking about how you know playing games is almost like a religious experience taking us back to our youth. 
and, and it's the same thing for him. And it's, it's funny. I have all these conversations with some of these people. And again and again, we're talking about how it, it, it brings us back to when we were kids. And I feel like that's a plug for our show for me to kind of step in. And we, we I wanted to say again what our show is about and what we're here for. We've had some new listeners coming from, I mean, United States, obviously, but Canada. We've had um, Scandinavian listeners. Taking got, over the game. We've got, you know, listeners in Italy. We've got listeners in Spain, Argentina, Australia. So just for anybody who's new listening to our podcast, this is the place that you go to to really reminisce about not just gaming, but what, what was happening around you when you were a kid playing these games. This is the podcast that delves in a little bit deeper. And you'll hear this as we talk about Resident Evil and the stories we have. But, you know, not just about the games, but but what was happening as we were playing these games. Where were we? What was life like at the time? What were the things that we cared about? Um, you know, what was what was important to us? Because gaming is that olfactory nerve that we use to go back to the past and relive things that we find really special and that have helped define who we have kind of become as individuals. And that's why gaming is continues to be so special. And I think that's one of the reasons why people go back to retro gaming because it's something that they had from their youth that was so special that was a safety net. No matter what happened during your day at school, in your life, we the games never never yelled at us. They never argued us with us. They were just a place we could go to have a good time. Am I wrong about that? Way off. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for anybody who's who's joined recently, thank you. We really appreciate it. If you have any suggestions on, on what you want to hear or games you want to want to see or have us talk about, please um, reach out to us. We're on Instagram, Facebook. You can email us at the Turbo Duo at gmail.com. Um, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what uh, what we're doing well or what you'd like to see added to the show. And um, we're just going to keep rolling with this, guys. We've got a lot of stories to tell from our past, and, and hopefully this sparks those memories for you and the things that were important to you and what was happening in your life as you were maybe playing some of these games that we're, we're talking about on the show. All right, I'm going to shut up and uh, get into uh, more important things, and that would be Resident Evil. Mm. So Resident Evil was developed by Capcom, the Capcom console games division. Should we, should we pour out some liquor for Capcom? You know, I had a Dogs versus Shinobi ready to go, but I just got back from a meeting, and the guy that I met with gave me a uh, hashtag unfiltered or no filter. It's a uh, I don't know what that means. It's it's a New England style ale, so I had one. I thought he gave you like a Marlboro Red or something. No, 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 no. no. So I I had a beer already, and I feel like I won't be able to talk if I have another one because those things are they tend to have a lot more alcohol and they are heavier. You are too hit a quitter. So I'm so I'm drinking cinnamon tea with honey. To save my, my, my speaking voice. Oh, you didn't want to use agave? Should I should I do a sip? As always, great pod. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so Resident Evil was developed by Capcom Console Division. Um, and from my research, I believe it's Capcom Division 4 is, is the division that ended up making, or the group that made the game ended up becoming Capcom Console Division number 4. It was published by the Japan Capsule Computers Corporation Limited, otherwise known as Capcom. Capcom. It was released on March 30th in the United States of America, March 30th, 1996, for the um, PSX. What a time. And in August 1997 for the Sega Saturn. 
You want to guess the uh, sales numbers for this game, Trent? I'll give you. Okay, so do you? Do you? It was so just the just to be, just just, so the just to be fair. Not a year. Well, the PlayStation had well, not even had three editions that came out. Oh well, is this number? Is this including all of them? I, I'm gonna let you pick. Do you want to pick when it first came out? And let's just do the first one, and then I'll tell you what the rest are. March 30th, 1996. So the PlayStation's been around for just about six months. In the so United these States. are you're talking all-time sales, right? And the, it, it came out earlier in Japan, but but I mean the the PSX, but international numbers for this game sales in March on March 30th of 1996 was when it came out. What do you think the initial run of sales were for this game? 2.5 million. Wow. 2.75 ah. million units. Now we were talking about Killer Instinct last time and talking about how. <laughs> that that game had sold 3.2 million units. I know. But the difference is, is that game was at the end of a system's life. Yeah. So you had this install base of of users, a full install. What did the What did the Super Nintendo sell? 60 million. I mean, sure. over over its life. So think about the percentage: 3.2 million in, in, into 60. How many PlayStation? Still don't, It's still weird though because had been sold by that time. Killer Instinct still wasn't like. I mean, it was a game, but I don't, I don't feel like it's. Even though it sold that many, it's still not really. But that's like, what I talked but, about. But that's what I mean. Whatever. So PlayStation hadn't really; it had just started to take off. Really, I mean, I don't even think Crash Bandicoot was was out by this point, which was their mascot. Yeah. And it sold two point seven five million units in its initial run. We're talking about the long box, like the very first run of Resident Evil. Oh well, what is this accounting for? Like the first few months sales? This is just the first run. So this is that very first release on PlayStation One. Oh, okay. So there were two other releases. There was a release that was called the Director's Cut, which is the one that I owned when and I was then, a kid. And then the Greatest Hits Director's Cut? No, and then the DualShock Edition. Oh, well, yeah, that came in the Greatest Hits case. I, it came in the smaller case, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It what, what, was it the Greatest Hits? Yeah, it had the, green, the neon green the, on the side. Yeah, they call that cabbage, I learned. Cabbage? Yeah, the, the green label, they call it cabbage. We're not saying that. Oh, that's, that's like schmups. Is that? Just, no, <laughs> no one says that. <laughs> Well, the guy that I hear we say, don't associate with those types of people. The guy that I that I, that I initially heard say shmups uh, is the one who told me that it was cabbage. So you're you're probably yeah. onto something. Go there. figure. Yeah, <laughs> we love you, Ryan. We love you. Uh, so it sold 2.75 million units with such a small install base, which tells you the popularity of this game and 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 how explosive it really was to have. I mean, it was, it was, I'm not, I'm sure it wasn't a one to one ratio. I'm sure there weren't 2.75 million PlayStations sold. Oh, there had to be way more by then. But, I mean, I had not gotten my PlayStation by then. It, it took me a few more months to get it. Uh, yeah, I hadn't gotten it. I hadn't gotten it either. Okay, I got mine in June of 96. But <clears> I, 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 We'll get into that. Yeah, I played yeah, we'll, Resident we'll Evil we'll when it came out. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll hear, we'll hear about it. So then it was re-released as the director's cut in 1997, and this was the one that had a demo of Resident Evil 2 on it. To hold you over. Right. And, and that was they, uh, that was kind of like a thing sometimes where they would, you'd be interested in the game, but they wanted to sell another game, so they would include a demo disc. Sometimes people would buy the dude, game for the demo discs. Demo discs were like out of control <laughs> back then. I wish people could realize that. Was it play, official PlayStation magazine that had a lot of demo discs? They would yeah, have one. They came per, in the plastic. They came in the plastic. Per like issue? The magazines came in the plastic. I mean, that's pretty dope disc. to have like a, a demo disc with every. There single. was always like they were just always floating around in places. I feel like they were just they were handing them out at Blockbuster and mm-hmm. the, the the original yep. PlayStation came with a demo disc with yep. a bunch of games on it. Yeah, I mean, 
I have that disc somewhere. You know, back when the physical media was popping. I was like, yeah. that was like the end-all, be-all to like try new games and, you know. But, it, but of, it was a great way to get it in your in your home and get you playing. I mean, yeah. I remember Twisted Metal. There's a there's one level of Twisted Metal on the demo disc I got with my system, yeah. and I we played that religiously. <laughs> played we that. played like tournaments of, of Twisted Metal, <laughs> this one arena. I know we did the same. It was like it was like we owned the game. Yeah, we did the same that with uh, Ridge Racer. We just played that oh, one Ridge track Racer. over. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we just did that like one track over and over again. There was a uh, I think like Destruction Derby. I of, of course the uh, tremendous X Games. Oh, fuck the X Games. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the director's cut didn't it? it they uh, they changed the music in that one too. Is that the one they changed the music? In? I think that they had, they had cut some things in that version from the original. Possibly yeah, the cutscenes, right? Something in the cutscenes or the FMV that was in the beginning, like they made it less gruesome. Yeah, and they changed the music too. They might have. I didn't read that. I mean, they could have. Okay, I'm sure if you were doing, <laughs> so, I told you not to do any research. <laughs> so they changed the music. That's great, awesome. And then and then the dual shock. So the so the director's cut sold 1.3 million units. So this is after it sold. It, it already was out from 96. So it sold 2.75. It sells another 1.3. So now you're up to 4 million. But when did the director's cut come out? 97. So a year, a, a year after a that. A year later. And then in 98, they, 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 they do the DualShock edition. Was that after Resident Evil 2 came out? It was before. Oh, okay. I believe it. I, uh, I don't want to put myself to it. I think it was before. Right. Because why would that make that wouldn't make any sense? I mean, to release know. it and it, you know, you could have just get more money. <laughs> One point two million units. Moon units. <laughs> One point two. One point two discs. You've already sold it twice to people. Now they're buying it a third time. Talk about triple dipping. Yeah, but this one has one more option in it. <laughs> this one you can sit on the controller. It's the extra director as the tire as the tyrant is plugging you with its claw yeah where you go to the tyrant you have to <laughs> shove the dual shock up your ass <laughs> so i mean it, it crushed it it's like how many versions of the same it. game can we put out within two years oh the 97 numbers actually include 150,000 sega saturn units so i apologize <laughs> that actually wasn't all playstation <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they could say that I did my part, <laughs> right? <laughs> the only reason that I think it was ever sold on the Saturn is just because Capcom had such a good relationship with Sega, and they and they just didn't want to ruffle any feathers because it took them like three and a half years yeah. to put it on this to make it on the Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> How do we work with these with these squares? But didn't the uh, the Saturn version had some like battle mode in it or something? It had. Right? It, it was enhanced, yeah. And that, it in actually fact, looks pretty decent, though. It does. It and it's one of the the cases where you have a game that was produced on a PlayStation that was then ported over to the Saturn. Yeah. Um. You know, Symphony of the Night was the same, but Resident Evil fared a lot better with the conversion for some reason. And um, it's it's very playable. The frame rate's fine. You know, it's it's a little it's a little bit has like a chunkier look to it just because of the. Just because of the, the, I heard it does. Just because of the squares, you yeah. know, just because they're they're using pixels to make polygons, not and then they not made triangles. A, they did the ten year anniversary for the DS. Yep, they did the DS version. So there's this game has been played out. Then you had the GameCube releases. I oh, mean, I did. I did just see that. Actually, have you ever played that one? We, yeah, I bought it pretty much when it came out. Oh, you did. Yep. That one. Yeah. In fact, in fact. Oh, ooh. In fact, because I don't know if we'll ever talk about this game. You and I went to Walmart. In like 2003 or 2000, 
That could have been any day in 2003. <laughs> but we went, we went to, we went to the Willimantic or the North Windham Walmart to pick up Resident Evil Zero. I, I wanted to pick it up, and and you were in line. I remember you were in line, and you were such an asshole about it <laughs> because it had, I was. Yeah, you were, you were an asshole because it was like I think it was 03 when that game came out. But it was like I, so I pick it up, right? I'm in line. Oh God, this is great because I have no recollection of this. You, yeah, this is you're. I'm kind of pissed at you still about this. <laughs> but, so we're we're sitting in line, and I'm paying for it, and it, it had just been dropped to 19.99. Okay. And again, we had no money. Oh, so. why was I? St- wait, did I try to say it's supposed to be full price or something? No, oh. no. You're like you're like you're like oh you oh you picking up Resident Evil? I'm like yeah, I'm like yeah yeah you know like you know I, I played the you know the first remake and now I wanted to play the you know the prequel, and um and uh, you're like oh shit you're like did that come out? Did that like come out recently? I was like, yeah, it was like six months ago. And you're like, oh, so it didn't come out really recently then. Like it's kind of an old game now. I was like, what the fuck is up your ass? <laughs> I was hoping. Why I... you got to shit on on my purchase? Like <laughs> I was hoping I would have said it would have rang up 1999. I would have been to the like the person that no, I, I think it's supposed to be 49.99. I don't I don't think you could sell it for 1999. <laughs> that's something I would do. I don't remember that other part though. Yeah, you're like you're you're like just throwing shade at my purchase because it was you're like oh, you're like oh that's an old game. Oh, it's not that new. You're like oh that's an old game. It's six months. It's like, and that's like not that's not you either. It's just kind of weird that you would actually say that. I don't know how you would remember that. I don't know, but I, it set, I've been it, it set about me it off every day. It set it set me off. I'm like I'm like what the what do you care? Like, why are you being a jerk about it? <laughs> You're gonna be able to play this game in, in in a half an hour. Like, what what's the deal? Some things never change. I, it kind of like brings it back for me though. I'm like, <laughs> like now I'm getting heated about it. I'm like, I gotta calm down. There's a podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> it's gonna be like an episode of Mori Povich or something in here. So, uh, so where on the game did he hurt you? <laughs> Point of the game. Point of the game. It was the f- it was the first game to ever coin the term survival horror. Did you know this? Uh, I well, stop no, I, doing research, Trent. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I mean, I, I kind of. I mean, it was the one. It was the genre-defining game. I mean, I guess Alone in the Dark would be. We're gonna get to that. It's the, we're gonna get the to real origin. No, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the Resident Evil Zero thing. <laughs> I can see it. In, I see it in your eyes. You got lust. <laughs> oh jeez, I, I hope not. Oh boy. Um. So it was used. So the survival horror was the term used in the Japanese advertising of the game. Um. Oh, and, fun little fact that it was originally called Biohazard. It was originally called Bio Biohazard. But there was a company. That uh, <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> this is why I don't want you to do research. All I said is watch the game on YouTube <laughs> so that we can speak to it. We're not going to play this game, guys, today because. Well, I can't help it if I watch videos and that's what they talk about. <laughs> I didn't say watch a, a video that has somebody talking over it to tell you the history of the game. <laughs> Just throw the papers already. <laughs> you go to YouTube. You say Resident Evil One, PS One gameplay. No, I gotta, I gotta remember. Yeah, go ahead. Remember something. Stack your papers some more. It's gonna change everything. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I know you're really excited about putting your mouth on that thing, but, but try to refrain. <laughs> Sir, your, please. Try to refrain yourself. I know you're getting itchy over there. I can see you sweating. <laughs> there's there's an iconic magazine ad, um, at least from North American magazines, and it has this close up of a person's eye. Um, that they're wide open and their blood vessels are showing. It's funny you say that. And it just so happens that so this is the very first gaming magazine that I ever received. That issue? This issue right here. This oh, is wow. the exact issue. It's the exact copy that I received. And funny, you want to hear a funny story about this issue? Well, if you're telling it, it's not going to be funny, but you can tell a story. So I got this issue, right? I got it, I got it in the mail. And <laughs> what is the next thing that happens after this thing comes in the mail? Well, my brother needed to to uh, practice driving, so we went in the car. We're 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 in we're in a blazer, and my father's in the passenger seat. This is bumping Tupac. This is the first time <laughs> that my brother my brother was sixteen, I was twelve, and so they're in the car, and my dad is just just <laughs> shitting all over my brother. You son of a bitch! What the <laughs> hell are you doing? Hit the brake! Maron! Hit the hit the clutch! <laughs> All I remember from oh, that ride manual? was it a manual? Oh no, actually, I don't think oh. it was. But he was just—he was just <laughs> yelling at him profusely. Yeah. And all I remember is just being in the back of the back of the car, reading about Bust a Move Two, and having my <laughs> having my dad scream at my brother for the first time that he was on the road. But the back of this magazine has the ad, and this is what it looks like. And I and I'll never forget. I remember, I remember. When the first time I played this game, I remembered what it was from this very ad. And they were wow, because that's June '96, and they were still advertising. And this was hard, probably huh? May that this came out. Oh yeah, they usually come out May like of '96, or, or or it could have been a little bit earlier, but by the time I got it, it was it was probably mid-May. Yeah, no, because the issues would come out like a few weeks before, like whatever month it said it was. But I know I know that I got this before I played it because that's how I knew. Um, and and it says. It's got this iconic slogan in the middle, and it just makes you, it primes you for the game. It says, if the, if the suspense doesn't kill you, something else will. And, and just kind of seeing that and seeing the gameplay footage, there's a bunch of crows attacking. It looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Chris Redfield. It looks like he's getting attacked. There's a massive spider in one of the, the screenshots. So it just, it just really kind of set the mood. For, for the game, I mean, and that's the thing is like right off the bat, the presentation of this game, of the advertising, everything surrounding the game, is what I think really derives a lot of its appeal. You know, it's it's an ominous adventure. It's it's almost like you know you almost have to ask yourself like why would anybody want to play a game like this? Like why would you want to be scared? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And I was thinking about it. It's it's kind of like that like that bad girl bad boy thing. You know, like where you kind of want to just learn more. Like, it's like, what is this chick really about? You yeah. know, like, you know, or if you're inclined, what is this dude really about? You know I mean? It's, it, and so for those, you know, it's like that, that, that bad girl, bad boy syndrome. And, and it's like, you want to go a little bit deeper, you know, you know, pause. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you just kind of get, you kind of get hooked. You kind of get sucked in. Um, so it was produced by a guy named Takuro Fujiwara. Um, he was pretty much a lifer at GameCube. He started there in 1983, and he was there from 1983 to 1996. Wait, did you say GameCube? Did I? Did I? <laughs> yeah. 
Takuru Fujiwara. When did I say GameCube? <laughs> you said he was a lifer at GameCube. Oh, he was a lifer <laughs> at Capcom. Did I say GameCube? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, he, was a, he was a lifer. He went back in. He, <laughs> he, he went, went forward in time and then in, came back. Into it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so 83 to 96, he was with Capcom, and then he actually went back in 2005, and on and off has been there until uh, 2018. Now, I don't know how this guy falls through the cracks as far as our gaming knowledge, but this guy was a director or a producer on Volgus, Pirate Ship, Higamaru, Tiger Road, which came out on Turbo Graphics. It's like, oh, what the hell are these games? Uh, that's why he fell through the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but just wait. Ghost well, a manhole. The, the, the Ghosts and Goblins franchise. Mega Man 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Bionic Commando. Commando. Strider. DuckTales. Chippendale. Final Fight 2. Aladdin on Super Nintendo. Breath of Fire 2. Tomba. Bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they all can't be great. <laughs> you know, and then Resident Evil. So it's like, how is this guy not mentioned more? You know, I mean, he's just responsible for a lot of did he, uh, what, what, you know, we hold as classic. Did he go on to bre- do any know, more uh, modern games? Um, or do you not? It didn't. He has. Anything? He has. I didn't. I didn't get into them just because they're not really our our sweet spot. But um, he's yeah. He's he's been in the game. Let's put it that way. He's 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 done some nice things. And then he produced a game in 1989 called Sweet Home. You know this. No. Okay. Unless it's a different name for something else. So so Sweet Home is a 1989 horror RPG that was only released on the Famicom, so that's the Japan, uh, Japanese NES. And it's it's essentially the kind of the start if you can kind of think of, of the franchise. I don't want to di- I don't want to discredit what was done with with Resident Evil, but it, it kind of gave it its first kind of um uh, what do I want to call it? Um, it gave it its its first sort of run. You know, the first idea of a of a survival horror type of a game. It has like the doors. When you open a door in this game, it creaks open in a in a, in a scene, and then you go through the door, and then you're in the next room, and it, anything could be on the other side. Hmm. It actually has that same first person look of the door. It creaks open. So some of the some of the like a precursor. I, some of the iconic pieces of of what we kind of hold as like you know Res- Resident Evil, purely Resident Evil, came from this game Sweet Home. Now it is an RPG, so and it's a Japanese RPG, so it's a turn-based. You know, you get into a battle and you got to fight. Uh, and everybody has yeah. their has their move. Um, it's also it's got mostly like spooky, ghostly ghouls. It's like you know ghosts and other things spooky like that. Ghostly ghouls. And you you got to bounce the whole game. Is you got to bounce the ghosts. <laughs> I got to bounce these ghosts. Bounce these ghosts, and. Um, uh, Nick Kroll reference everybody, and the game is about these <clears throat> five or six people that are going into this place because they want to retrieve from this empty mansion, and this is located in a mansion. These fresco paintings, these classical fresco paintings that not are not fresco. Nope, nope, not uh, not Mentos either. Um, and so they're trying to remove these fresco paintings, and they get wrapped up in this huge ghost mystery, and and they have to kind of fight their way out of it, and so. Resident Evil was envisioned as a spiritual successor. It started out actually as a Super Nintendo game, like so many other things, <laughs> you know, like Banjo Kazooie, uh, in 1993, and then it eventually was re envisioned as as a PSX game because they they thought they could really take advantage of the three dimensional world space, you know, and make something. Man, I feel like that would have turned out like Star Fox Two, probably. Star Fox Two sucks. No, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, 
Sorry. I don't know what that would have looked like on the Super the Resident Oh, Evil and also, um, and also, we know what sucks is the is the Atari Jaguar, and um, <laughs> if if the Atari Jaguar is your favorite system, you're not welcome <laughs> here. Just so that you know, which will be like two people. Speaking of things that suck, the Atari Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you learn to fly? Um. So it was re envisioned as a PSX game. Um. I want to go back to the survival horror term for a minute. I, I was doing, you know, when I did this research, it's so funny when you read the comments section of any any sort of publication that's put out about Resident Evil, <laughs> you get these trolls. Hey, that's what the internet's for. That come in and, and freaking bash the guy who wrote the article over a technicality or something that, that <laughs> they, like a bone that it, they have to pick. That's what it's all about. You know. <laughs> you fuck up. People, getting toasted. Well, you know, so people are on there and they're saying, ugh, this guy writing this article doesn't know what he's talking about. He's called it the first survival horror game. What about this game on the ZX Spectrum or the <laughs> ZX Spectrum? What about this game on the Amiga? The Commodore 64 what about, what about had all the these, original. It's like... <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Yeah, it, you know, people who give other people shit about the historical record of games and, and, and say it's not the first survival horror, it's it's bullshit. Okay, it's it's. I'm just gonna say it outright. Yeah, Alone in the Dark was already out there, right? You know, it had it had the fixed camera angles, it had the pre-rendered background that was actually drawn. It wasn't computer generated, but you know, it had that. You know, yes, it had some spooky parts to it. You know, but but if you were there, if you were there at the time, I was there, man. You would have known how important Resident Evil was to the future of this of this genre. Who knows what would have happened. You know, I'm sure somebody else would have made a Resident Evil type game. Oh, yeah. But 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 this is the game, everybody. Okay, it's not Alone in the Dark. Okay, you know, it's just not. Um, you know, it's like saying, it's like saying that that Karate Champ for the Nintendo. Here we go. Is really the most important fighting game <laughs> in the world because it had you know it had one on one right and it was a 2D fighter. Yeah. You know, fuck this Street Fighter <laughs> stuff. Like that stuff doesn't matter. Who cares about Street Fighter Two, right? Even though Street Fighter Two is arguably the best 2D fighting game of all time and the reason why we're still interested in 2D fighting games today. Would you argue with that? No, sir, I would not. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. I have to tell you to shut up. Um, did it create the genre? Did it create survival horror? No, but it named it, which I think is kind of important if you're the one who names the genre. Yeah, even Somebody before doesn't know what that genre is. And, and it can be argued that that Alone in the Dark isn't survival horror. It could be argued that it's an adventure game, you know? Yeah. Not a whole lot of horror in that game. No. You know, there's that jiggly, bouncy rabbit thing that comes through the window and is, like, <laughs> you know, all slippy-slappy trying to slap you. You know, like, not a zombie, sorry. Um, and very primitive. You know, the graphics were extraordinarily primitive. And normally that's not an issue for me, but if you're trying to make a scary game, you know, it's got to look realistic. Yeah. And Resident Evil was the first one to do that. Um. Resident Evil is the most important game in the trajectory of survival horror. It's absolutely the most important one. Effectively, going back to this, to say it again, nobody gave a shit about the genre until Resident Evil came on the scene. You know how I know? So I played Alone in the Dark in, what is it? Um, well, on, a, on a PC? In 1997, on a compact presario at my, at my buddy Jason Fabricki's house. Okay. <laughs> I played Alone in the Dark. He had this, sh- like, the shareware 
disc that had like oh. 90 games on it. It had um it had Alone in the Dark on it. it had, yeah, so it had um what was the other one? The one with the um shoot, Cannon Fodder. It had Cannon Fodder on oh, there. Oh, I do remember that. He had just gotten this computer and I was over for Christmas <clears throat> and it had all these games and so I was going through like every one of these things. It was just it was kind of agonizing. But I got to Alone in the Dark probably because it was in the A's, you yeah. know. It's probably the first one. Yeah. Um and I played it. And I don't know if it was just like one level or one part of it, but I played it. You know, it was like, all right, it was a cute little adventure, and it and it and it, it had its place and it had its time. But even then, I didn't think twice about playing it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I was like, oh man, this is the game that everyone's gonna be talking. about. I gotta get a fucking three DO <laughs> just to play. This. I gotta get a PC that's powerful enough to play this game. I didn't, we didn't have a PC that was that powerful at the time. No, um, no one really did. You know. People say, well, okay, well, Alone in the Dark came out in 92. And to that I say, great, it proves my point even more. Because for five <laughs> years, nobody gave a crap about it. Nobody was talking about Alone in the Dark all that time. Nobody talking about Alone in the Dark? You know? Nobody gave, nobody gave a crap about it. You know why? Because Resident Evil. So, to, to this I have to say, Know your role and shut your mouth! Know your role and shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> So, right, so Shinji Mikami um, is the man who uh, directed the game. This was his first directorial role. He had previously worked on Aladdin, and he worked on Goof Troop on Super Nintendo. Man, what a jump, huh? Yep, and then he and then he started. The reason why he was picked to be the director by, um, what's his name, Fujiwara? Yes, sure. Fujiwara. The reason why he was selected is because Fujiwara said he was ridiculously scared of horror films. He said, okay, you're really scared, so you know what's going to scare people. So you're going to be the one to direct this game. That makes sense. Um, I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, so Mikami is the one who, he went on to, to kind of like help ink the deal for the Capcom 5 for, for GameCube and do all those games. Um, you know, Shinji Mikami is kind of like the, the god of um, god. Uh, of, of horror, of survival horror games um, at this point, I would say. Uh, what's the game that he came out with recently that came out on modern systems? The survival horror game is in the vein of Resident Evil 4. I couldn't tell you because I don't play okay. <laughs> It's not. We're not talking about the last You're only on a retro game podcast. You don't play games. <laughs> New ones. <laughs> um, I forget the name of the game. There's been a sequel to it, too. It's a retro podcast, and you're asking me if I'm playing new anyways, PS4 games. Anyways. <laughs> you Muppet. Yeah. Uh, so um, Mikami's original idea was... To create this haunted house filled with evil spirits. And he said, the thing I've always been scared of the most is ghosts. But he said, you know, realizing that it wouldn't really be fun to shoot at ghosts. And since he was already also influenced. Gotta catch him with a net. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> an real net. Um, but he, he was also influenced by Dawn of the Dead. And so he said, you know what? Why don't we use zombies instead? That makes, because like. When I the front cover the original front cover kind of reminds me of Dawn of the Dead with the guy with the gun like yeah because it doesn't look like anyone from the actual game it just like kind of looks like Chris, it's like I guess. more it looks like a comic book style front cover yeah and it looks like it reminds me of like Dawn of the Dead when I see that front cover and then when they changed it with yeah the zombie face yeah so he was you know he 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 loves that movie so I think that was a huge influence on him I mean you can see it in the in the, in the design of the zombies definitely um and he was saying you know usually in in these horror movies. Most of the characters end up dead, but he said, "What if we created this game, and in the game the player could use their skill and their ingenuity to survive?" 
you know, that would be intriguing. He said, it struck me that the difference between horror movies and horror games could be wonderful. And that that was the moment, he said, when I came up with the basic concept for the Biohazard series. So it's called Biohazard in Japan, as you were talking about. Sorry. <laughs> why is it called Why is it called Resident Evil? Well, there's a couple of reasons. There was um, already a Commodore or a DOS game called Biohazard, and apparently it's terrible. And then there apparently there's a there's a hardcore band. Oh yeah, called Biohazard, which I didn't know. Of. I was going to ask you if you knew. Oh them. really? Oh, yeah. yeah. They uh, I think I just saw them over the summer. At this is did you really? Played. Yeah. They're still they're, like they're the, still banging. Oh huh? yeah. Oh yeah. They're like the OGs of like the hardcore. They kind of had a little... Like a hate breed hardcore? Or? Yeah, I mean, I guess. If you just had to like pick a band that, you know, to say if you're... Lamb of God or... No, 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 no. Okay. Like, the, like the OG hardcore style. Yeah, yeah I guess hate breed would kind of be... They kind of had a, a little like hip-hop and like little rap oh, influence gotcha. into it a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's too bad. I should, I should probably listen to that after the show. Um, so but I'm sure that they wouldn't have cared if... I don't know if that that I'm sure that had nothing to do with the the game. License the music. Tell yeah. say hey, look, put our music in there. Probably would have thrown, nah, they thrown them up. Yeah, they wouldn't have cared. I mean, they were just a hardcore. I mean, you know, they weren't like a mainstream. They're not gonna, they're gonna sue anybody. <laughs> yeah, but that was Capcom of America. See, they didn't, Capcom in Japan didn't know that that was the case. It was Capcom in the oh, USA yeah. that said, "Okay, we looked up all this stuff. There's a couple copyrights. We can't we can't use them." It was probably just legal. Like legal got involved and said, "No, you can't do that. We don't want to get sued." You know, I mean, Resident Evil is pretty. I like Resident Evil as a name better, to be honest with you, because it's where the evil resides. It's, yeah, it's the it's the residence <laughs> of evil. Let's talk. <laughs> speaking of which, let's talk about the mansion. So it's the mansion is eerie. It's old. It's seemingly abandoned. Um, it's it's a previously lived in world. So there's a lot of things in the world. It's dirty, you know. So you feel like you're stepping in this place that has history already, you know. And as you get deeper into the game and the puzzles, you realize that this is like this living mansion. There's things going on. Something's not right. Things that go bump in the night. And it's the emptiness that you, when you first walk in to, to the you know to the game proper and, and into that foyer, and it's just empty, you know. And, and and that emptiness conveys a similar feeling as you're kind of like walking through. It's like okay, I'm alone in this whole thing. It's me and and my and my my knife and my nine millimeter my thoughts and that's it i gotta survive this nightmare you know which i mean i just want to play it right now just thinking about (laughs) it it just sounds so awesome um you know the sound design the footsteps the silence the dramatic piano tones they all just set the mood in this game you know it was just mastery the sound of the you know when you first go into the the dining room that grandfather clock there's no noise but you hear yeah the clock yep you know um, the creak of the door hinge, like the the loading screen, basically. Yeah. Where, yeah, you know, or sometimes you're waiting at the top of the stairs. You see it kind of like you see like your character like moving back and forth because the stairs are getting you know farther away and closer, and then you just hear the do, do, do. It's your own footsteps, but it still scares you. you know, the the music too, where they have just like those one t- two tone type of things, and then something would jump out and immediately the music would just flip, yeah. you know, and kind of go crazy and match the scene kind of makes the of, game. of the violence, you know, um, the zombies when even you, you, you know, you can't even see them. You just hear their footsteps. You see them like you hear them lumbering, you know, like that, that whole thing just sets the tone for this game. The, the, 
the wallpaper on the walls just looks like archaic, you know? It's just it just really sets the mood and really gives it its character. Speaking of the characters, the 3D characters, there there are 3D characters on a pre-rendered computer generated background. And kind of talking about the characters and the steps and and not being able to see zombies at certain times, the way that they designed the fixed camera angles, there would be times where you'd come through the door and you could maybe hear the zombie, but you you couldn't see see him. him. He might be around the corner. You know, so it's like, shoot, what do I do here? Do do I just step forward and try to change the camera angle? Do I stay and maybe wait for him to come around the corner? It makes it better that way. Yeah, because it's on (laughs) you as the player to actually do... you, You can't just sit back and hide. You know, you have to attack evil, you know, straight up. Same Metal Gear Solid. What? Trying to hide. Oh, my God. Hide in the, bo- <laughs> hide in the box. And it, it gave them a chance to create, kind of create those jump scares, those spooky moments. Um, he said, you know, we set up those blind spots. You often aren't able to see the zombies immediately, which creates the uneasy feeling. Um, he wanted enemies to be scary in other ways than just the threat of them killing you. You know, so really screw with your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now the story. So the story is uh, Stars is the elite company at the police force that kind of takes care of bigger threats that are either in town or in the, you know in the area. And the uh, one of the one of the groups of Stars is called Bravo Company. They go out to kind of explore what's happening in the Arklay Mountains. There's these mysterious murders happening. There's missing people. There's reports of people eating other people. So Brava Company goes out, but they don't come back. And so Alpha Team has to go back out. And this is the main characters of Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield and who you can pick um, to kind of take on the adventure. Got that sweet, like, opening video in the game. Oh, yeah. Full motion. But that that actually sets the tone. When you see the guy's hand on the the fence, and it's just the hand with nothing else, you know, it's just like a cutoff hand. The dogs are chasing you. It really kind of freaks you out. You're like, wait a minute. Am I going to take the controller as these dogs are chasing me? Am I going to end up in the mansion before so I have like a chance to catch my breath? I haven't even played anything, and I'm already worried. <laughs> yep. Uh, so you can play as either Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. They have different storylines, which kind of extends the gameplay, which is really nice. So they go through different paths in a way. Um, Chris... I find that his his scenario tends to be a little bit tougher. You get a couple less item slots to be able to. But you get like better. But you're strong. Health. Yeah. But you're stronger. Yeah. So you know. So there's there's you know given you know give and take between the two characters. Um, I always played as Jill. I don't know why. I, I, I don't, oh really? I honestly don't think I've ever beaten Chris's um, scenario. I, well, I've never beat the game, but I, I don't think I've ever I've ever played as Jill. Yeah. Um, I immediately always played as Jill. Hmm. I don't know why. Um. The fact that you have limited ammo in this game really helps to kind of engender that fear, but also dictate your actions. So, if you just had a bunch of ammo and you could shoot everything up, well, then it wouldn't be it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, be scary. survival. <laughs> yeah, so you have to really kind of they give you a limited number of slots in your items. Yeah, six bullets. <laughs> so, because they want you to kind of pick and choose, and even when you had a lot of ammo, you still were like. Try to get that one headshot. Should I either get up. the one headshot or can I go around the guy? Yeah. You know? Which you definitely could in a lot of the hallways. Right. Just zip right by him. Um, you had to have, in order to save the game, you had to have these things called ink ribbons. And you had to save it at typewriters. So fuck the ink ribbons. So, basically, there's this guy. Um, his name is uh, Oswald Spencer. He's doing these experiment- experiments. He 
He's a part of this company called Umbrella, and basically they want to create a bioorganic weapon called a tyrant. They create this T virus. They start infecting people. That's what's creating zombies. Some of these T viruses actually are successful and create these bioorganic weapons, these massive deformed humans that are supremely powerful and they can sell this to the government. Um, but in the, in, it basically leaves a bunch of disaster in its wake and, and horror. Um, and so your you know, your job is really to survive and kind of, you know, it kind of sets off the series to learn more and try to take down this evil conglomerate called Umbrella. Uh, it's, it's an adventure game at heart. You know, puzzles need to be solved. Keys need to be gathered as you go deeper and deeper into the madness. Um, combat was kind of brought in to, you know, instead of doing an RPG, to bring in different groups of gamers. So you had, you know, an adventure gamer would probably be right at home with a game that you just needed to solve puzzles. But it brought in, like, even like a run-and-gun type of person. You know, somebody who liked it, like combat games could also play this game because you're shooting zombies. You know, so it brought in a bunch of different game players into this one type of game where everybody could play it, you know, because there was something for everybody inside of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which was which was revolutionary. Um, the game's got carnivorous plants, giant snakes, tarantulas, reptile, humanoids, zombies, zombie dogs, sharks. <laughs> sharks. You know, just un- unique and challenging enemies that always kept you on your toes because you couldn't just get used to one type of enemy. They would introduce a different enemy after you kind of got comfortable to say, okay, now you need to learn how to fight this enemy, or now you need to know how to get away from this enemy, you know, to keep, to keep it to keep it fresh. Um, something that's kind of been derided as time has gone by is the controls. So, uh, well, you know, for the time, but I so mean, you only had the D-pad. People call you know. them as a pejorative. People call them tank, tank. controls. Yeah. Um, and you know they're said to make the game more frustrating. I, I would argue that's kind of the point. You know, to make it that your movements are deliberate, that you have to really think about how you're moving through that world. Oh, yeah. So that you don't get bit by a zombie or you don't get, you know, a hunter to, you know, basically slash your head off. So I don't mind them. I think that they're kind of part and parcel with with the game. You know, if it was too easy to get around things, then it wouldn't have provided that challenge. You know, and you think think about if you're scared and you're scared shitless and you're in in a mansion... You're, who knows how you're going to be able to move? <laughs> then you just end up spinning around in a circle. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> and back then, we didn't scoff at the controls. Well, that's, that's just, that's just yeah, what they were. Yeah. We, it was only later that people started criticizing. We didn't them. have the option. We didn't have three joysticks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's a little bit about the history of Resident Evil. Um, it was a very successful game. It really tipped off a genre. It is the game responsible for what we think of as survival horror nowadays. Um, I don't want to hear any more on the matter. <laughs> Go to your room. It's not the first man. Go to your room. Um, do you want to hear some? Do you want to hear a, a quick review? What do you mean? Do I want to hear a quick or, or, or review? See some, so, so in terms of the review scores, I don't think I got to the review scores. Oh. So EGM gave it an eight, a nine point five, a nine, and a nine. Um, Sushi X with a nine. Sushi X. Um, after a long time in the making, Capcom's Resident Evil brings players an entirely new style of game where intrigue and fright plague the player from start to finish. Resident Evil at first glance may appear to be a clone of Alone in the Dark, but in reality it's a totally new experience where the player must fight for his or her life in a horrifying setting. The ability to use two separate player characters with a distinct starting 
differences adds to the variety of play. Another high point for Resident Evil is the utilization of many different weapons along with the ability to solve tough riddles. As PlayStation titles start to expand into the next realm, Capcom leads the way by bringing players a, gen- a great adventure with an unbelievable story. Leading the way! You know, and um, also try Die Hard Trilogy, because that, you know... I mean... That relates. It's a 3D game. <laughs> so. And all the reviewers were just, you know, just lo- loving the game. Um, from the from the Saturn version, which was released the next year, um, we've got Crispin Boyer. Uh, I forget what the, Sean's name is. Sushi X. But here's one of their reviews. How long has it been since the PlayStation version came out? But enough of that. The Saturn version is here and now, and that's what counts. This conversion is incredible. This one has some of the best FMV on the Saturn, and the game is awesome. The graphics are perfect, and the same terrible dialogue is intact, which is a good thing, really, he says. Saturn owners, if you've been waiting for this one, it has been well worth the long wait. So even then, they still loved it. The one review where I had to scratch my head is from a guy named Craig at EGM. This is what he says. Come on, Craig. Listen to this. I remember playing this game before when it was called Alone in the Dark. (laughs) Resident Evil borrows heavily from that classic, but it isn't as good. Whoa. Although the graphics are good, the gameplay is slow, methodical, and repetitious. Most of the game involves killing bloody variations of zombies in order to get to an object. Then, repeat, many times. Overall, Resident Evil is barely above average because it's ho-hum puzzles and repetitive gameplay. 6.5. What an asshole. I, he's probably getting paid by the I was going to say, which payroll was he on? <laughs> I know. It's like, come on, dude. I remember this game when it was alone in the dark. It's like, come on, man. What are you talking What are we talking about? He's definitely getting paid from somebody. <laughs> I mean, you don't write a review. Are you kidding? The other review, the other scores were eight, eight and a half, and nine, and that's on on the Saturn version. Then he re- he rated it as six point five, and and just and kind of shit all over it. <laughs> I mean, I don't really care what the what the review score is when you when you say that. <laughs> that's like me. That's the way it's like, like a what, three. what crawled up your ass that's, that day? That's a three. It's some money. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> but what, money for what? Who's 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 paying him? The alone in the dark developer. Tecmo. <laughs> <laughs> That, sound, dark that, that sounds like a paid a paid review. Scathing, I know. Scathing. So yeah, I mean, um, he's like, he's like, I want, I like, just so it doesn't look like I'm getting influenced here. I can't put it any lower than six point five, but I'm just gonna dog the shit out of it. What if you rated it like a two? He's just like, <laughs> like this game is great. I had such a fun time. Although these things bothered me, I give it a two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or he gives it a ten and then just just destroys it yeah. in the comments. That just sounds like it's like a paid some bullshit. I don't know. I'm sure he didn't last. <laughs> Seeing as I know the other three guys and I don't know him, but yeah, anyway, probably a reason why. <laughs> not enough can be said about how important this game is, guys. Um, I, I want to get into some memories of the game. Um, I want to hear your memories of the game. Um, I've got a, a few things to say about it. Uh, do you want me to go first, or so would you go like ahead. to say? We'll we'll go back and forth. Well, I'm I just have one kind of like one full story to tell um, that's got different pieces, but I'll, I'll say my story first, and uh, and then we'll no, you say your story first because mine's probably gonna be better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, I like that actually. 
what? <laughs> You're like, oh, mine's probably going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I'm trying to think of when. It mu- I think it was pretty sure when the actually the actual game came like out. It, like pretty much that month, April maybe, March, April. Yeah, so I was at, I was at my uh, I was at my grandfather's. I was staying there, and my aunt was actually working for Sony at the time. What? Yeah, she was working for Sony in New Jersey. Really? <laughs> yeah, I got like goose pimples coming up. <laughs> oh, really? She, I, I didn't know this. I think, she, I think it was like. You think you know somebody for, you know, you've known them for like 25 years and then they say something that I just... mean, she wasn't making PlayStation. No, but I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, that you thought that you think that that would come up in conversation over the course of our friendship. Well, I was waiting for until we started a podcast and we got about 11 <laughs> episodes deep and yeah. we decided to do Resident Evil. Right, right. We had to go through all the things that we've been through in my yeah, in our yeah. lives. It's all premeditated. <laughs> wow that's pretty yeah cool. so i think she was doing i think she was like doing like customer service or like sales Whatever. or something like that because i remember i would used to i would you know i i think for, like for my birthday i think i would ask for like like the walk-in cd or mm-hmm. something so like stuff sony related oh you know because of discman <laughs> remember the discman that was huge uh because she was working for sony you remember because sony made all the super nintendo games yeah sony image soft yeah i yeah. i think i asked i, I really feel like Hook. i asked for cliffhanger back then on Super Nintendo. See, but now if you, that it gets brought back, yeah. But you know what? If you got the cartridge version, that wouldn't have had those stupid snowboarding levels. Oh yeah. So it would have been it would have been better. I was pretty. It was one of those. I, I think it was cliffhanger because I remember like all the, the fighting sp- in that game is not bad. Yeah, because I remember all the, like those Sony games, the advertisements and everything. I was like, oh yeah, how much for Sony? She get like a. I don't know, I think she got maybe like ten or fifteen dollars off or something. Still, but yeah, um, yeah. So she was so she was working for Sony at the time and. I remember asking her if she could get a like a PlayStation or if they had like they had them and they actually had them that you could you could like loan out and like really? take a home. Yeah, you didn't have oh, to. Oh wow. Yeah, like you could basically like rent it. Like Blockbuster, right? you could rent the system. But I don't think she had to. I think you literally it was like a sign up thing. You could like sign it up and then just like sign like a book. Like, yeah, rent it out for a week. So I was I was actually at my grandfather's for like a week and sh- she brought it and I think that's where I, I had the demo disc with it. So obviously we had to go. Your so, mom let you play that at twelve. What? It was probably just your birth. You probably just had your birthday. Well, it was right play- around your birthday. Yeah, play what? Resident Evil. Yeah, why not? You were twelve years old. And so were you. <laughs> <laughs> so the fuck what? <laughs> okay. Well, people didn't care back then. No, I know. Playing Mortal Kombat, every Doom. No one gave a fuck back then. Just play your game. Don't be a piece of shit. True. <laughs> Touche. So you're right. You're right. So then we had to we had to go. This was in uh, Upper Saddle River. So then we had to go to what was that again? Upper Saddle River, oh, New I was, Jersey. I almost said God bless you. Oh, <laughs> that's in New Jersey. Yeah. Um. So I think I just looked up like in the phone in the phone book. I'd look up like a video game rental place because I there's there's something from the past because I don't think there was a block I don't think there was a blockbuster near there, and so I had to like call them because I wanted to see if they had Resident Evil. So we called. Whatever the place. Oh, was. you want you you yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you were getting the magazines at the time. Oh, yeah. So you knew about Resident Evil. Yeah. See, I didn't. I wasn't getting magazines, so I didn't. I, I wasn't in. I the, wasn't in the loop. Man. I wasn't in the know. And I didn't in have any friends March. either. No one else was talking. About no, nobody <laughs> would talk to me. That's why I grew up this way. Uh, so yeah, so we went down there, rented rented the game, and that yeah, was like Carol Wright. What does my mom have to do with this? Because I was at my grandparents. Okay, Grandmama, going out and doing that for you. That's my story. Does not include my mother, or 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 a relative. Unless she's beating me. 
<laughs> Don't get a C on your report card. Uh, yeah. So that was that was like the first. I played it just by myself, like for the first. That time. is. Let me say, as a twelve, that is straight baller. <laughs> that you would that you would be like, I'm twelve and I want to go rent Resident Evil. Yeah. You crap your pants? No, but almost. <laughs> wow. Yeah, just I just remember that the first time where you where you walk into the mansion for the first time, you go into that door on the left where you go through like the the dining room or whatever, mm-hmm. and you go into that, you take you open that door on the right, the corridor, and then the zombies there eating Kenny. Well, the, well, there's the there's the kind of the FMV sequence where he turns his head. Yeah, you hear like the blood falling off of his mouth or whatever, and his, and, his and mouth is just covered in blood. That whole oh, that, that whole scene I'm is like, so fuck, iconic. And you're like trying to like pull out your gun. You're like, fuck, what do I do? And then you just fuck. I remember the first time. At least the first few times, you just like chew your neck and then you, you would die. And then you just, yeah. And you just have to start over again. <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not doing that. So I was like, you oh, you died. Go. Yeah. Let's go option B. Let's go to the, the other door. The other door? Yeah, that was way worse. <laughs> That's where you go through. You, you go, yes, you, you yes, go, yes. You walk down the hallway. You, yes. I think you take that left. And then, like, as you, you get towards the end, all of a sudden, the fucking dogs come smashing through the window. It's it's you go straight through the door, you take a left, and it's that corridor right there. With it's got like these uh, tables set up on the side, and the windows are on the right. Scared me out of my skin, man. So, wh- so you all right? So you're you rented this game. You're in New Jersey. You, you plug in the game. Did you get any other games while you were there? Or was that was Resident Evil the one you wanted to play? I think I think we just rented that game, and I had like the demo disc. The demo disc. So. Did you continue? What do you mean? Playing the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't... I, it's weird because I don't really remember much after that. I just, like Those are the two scenes I remember the most. And the room where you gotta... You gotta like, move, it's one of the puzzle things where you gotta like, like move the clock, I think. Or some stuff that's in like the middle of the room and you gotta like walk up on it. Okay. I don't remember the specific scene. But. Oh, yeah. But, like, I don't really remember getting too far into the game. Yeah. There's a lot of parts where you have to push something to kind of get yeah, either yeah. up to a ledge or yeah. or kind of push something out of the way to get some, something behind. Yeah, because I don't... There's a lot of that in that yeah, game. Yeah, I don't remember, like... Or you got to get the map whole... inside of, like, the, like the woman, yep. the woman yeah. you know, the, yeah. the clay pot. Yeah. Yep. And so you got to push the little, um, the little step ladder. Get all your little, uh, not the potions, but the... Uh, the herbs? Yeah, like the green herbs. Yeah, or the first aid? The, yeah. Now, that was like I don't really remember much after that, and I I remember when I got back, I I think I. How did you feel after you played it? Like, what was your like thought? The was fucking it? game's amazing. You did. You see what you wanted. <laughs> I wasn't like it was. I mean, like not like scared, scared, but like fuck, oh shit, right. <laughs> but you wanted to be scared. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was. It wasn't scary enough where you were like, I can't play this at all. But it was like the first time you ever got actually right. scared from a video, like from a video game. Not this, like this horrified, was, this, but, but this like, was, but this was real deal. This yeah, was like mature. The, jump, the whole jump. Scare, this isn't yeah. Splatterhouse. Or like this Friday the Thirteenth or Mortal Kombat. Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I would argue Friday the Thirteenth is scarier than any of those. I would, I'd say that game is scarier than Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat's visceral. It's not scary. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's it's all about the mood that you're that you're kind of putting it in. But that's that's straight baller, man. To hear that that was and then that was the case. I obviously we played it after because I remember I either it was either when I got back or I like called. I think I had told like Ryan Susie or whatever about it, and then I just because I remember like eventually going to his house and playing. I was like, "Yo, you got to play this game. We got to play this." Game. <laughs> so either rented it or he, I don't know if he bought it or not. 
I remember playing it at his house. I was like, here it comes, here it comes. When the, like when the dogs come through that first time, it was like, fuck, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you get that that kind of experience anymore. Now, did you end up picking up the game? No, I never did. You never picked I it up? I never bought it, no. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's... It's it's funny to think that so this game you you think it would have been for a more mature audience but it was kind of that case where the the older kids wanted it but because they wanted it we kind of wanted it and it was just it was almost this kind of thing where the game itself spanned everybody it was what everybody was talking about it was the, it was just it was the game of its time you know that for those few months after that game came out it was just that's the game you had to play because it was a, it was a new genre, really. I mean, it was a whole new thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Alone in the Dark had come out, but nobody was playing that. And, and this game had come out, and now it became, uh, what's the word? It became part of like regular gaming. It became it became you know part of it, it became you know you had fighting games, you had survival horror games, and you had platformers. It was like you know part of it. Then you had games like Clock Tower that came out. You had Silent Hill that came out. I mean, it really spawned a whole generation of of games. That have led to, silent, you know, the Silent Hill two, three, and four. It was like, uh, I don't know if it's comparable. It was like playing like Mario sixty four for the first time in a way. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, where that—that's what everybody's talking about. That's all that anybody wants to be a yeah, part no of. No matter if there was something that was similar that came before it, that was kind of like it's—it's it's the like, model to go by. And it's like that water cooler thing. Like you're around the water cooler. What are you guys talking about at school? You know, everybody at the at the lunch table is talking about Resident Evil. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, have you played this game? Have you seen this game? Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, come over to my house after school. You got to check this out. You know, that that kind of thing. You know, couldn't play Jumping Flash again after that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too scary. The game the game that was too scary that I had to turn off. I played way after this. You ever play Fatal Frame? No. That's a game where you got to take pictures of ghosts, and that game was so real that it it just scared the crap out. I had to turn it off. Like I, I got, shut it down. I got it at, at it was one of those blockbuster they're selling it, you know, like kind of clearance things. Yeah. And I got it and I was like, "Oh, this is supposed to be like a really scary game." And I'm like, "Yep, this is a really scary game that I don't want to play because it was that eerie. It was it was that creepy and and the ghosts were that scary." So, you, you check out some gameplay footage. You guys check out some gameplay footage of Fatal Frame. Just watch it, don't play it. That game is too much for me. Um, so it's kind of similar for me. So I was I was twelve years old. I think it was, it was, I think it was May. At first I thought it was around Easter, but I actually think this was like around mid May, late May. And the reason why is because it was it was Little League. We were in the middle of Little League season, which, you know, Little League is sort of like that kind of thing. It's Little League is the major leagues when, when you're in it. You know, yeah, it's it's the thing that everybody's like stoked for, excited about. You play a, a little league game, and if you win, the next day at school, you're like walking on air. You're like, yeah, we cracked that ass on them. <laughs> they all you know? talking. You shit. know, they 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 couldn't handle us. Like we cracked it. You know, and and you're still talking to your friends the day after. You're like, man, we buried you guys. That <laughs> we buried you guys. I you know I went three for four or whatever it was. It was like you know we 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 crushed it. You know, little league was huge. It was it was everything. You also had more more. Um, involvement from the parents. You had a, like it was almost like you had a crowd watching every single game, rooting you on. After that, it was like you know pony league or whatever. Nobody cared. Like nobody cared about baseball yeah. at that point. It was it was like well you're older now. Like that's not that big of a deal. You know. Yeah, little league was like the end all be all. Like minor league. Eh. 
Right. You know, whatever. Right. We call it Farm was, League. I'm trying to think of what. There was one after Little League. I can't remember what it was called. Pony League. Or you guys might call it Babe Ruth. No, we didn't call it either one of those. But, I mean, after Little League, it's like people that were good in baseball, they just played in that school. Like, right. They just played school in ball. school. Yeah. yeah. So and like, not many people care about school ball either. <laughs> so there were six or five or six teams. There were five teams in my in my league. There was the Reds. There was the Dodgers. The White Sox, who were yellow for some reason. Um, the Tigers, which were blue. And then there were the Cardinals, and we were orange. I played for the Cardinals my entire way through from 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, and we had this... So the coach, his name was was Ed Hauschild. Um And he kind of was like... Ed was just like this amazing guy. He was he almost was like a kind of like a father figure. He he never got upset. He only was he, he everything was a teaching moment and he I mean he taught me like everything I know about how to play baseball was from Ed Hauschild. Um he was just an amazing guy. Um he always had a blow pop in his mouth. Why wouldn't you? Always. No matter, yeah, if you have the option of blow pop or no blow pop blow pop always had a blow <laughs> always had a blow pop it was always a different flavor but he always had a blow pop in his mouth and he it's got it no it's got to be blue raspberry blue raspberry <laughs> that's yeah. that's true the, the blue raspberry is boss um and he was just so excited for us i just remember him being just so excited about us playing and excited for our success and even when we lost he pulled out you know little Whoa. nuggets or moments that what do you say I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this back afterwards. <laughs> and I'm probably gonna laugh. Um, he he just was he was the best coach. I mean, he was just the kind of guy that you'd want to have as a coach. He was just the best. Um, and well, and you know, the sad part is we lost Ed uh, a number of years ago. Um, and you know, it's like the good die young kind of a thing. You know, he was he was a he was a great guy. At least for what I knew of him, he was awesome. So, um, we miss Ed. But Ed has three sons. So Ed had three sons, um, Brian, Matt, and Eric. Uh, yeah, got Eric all three Cosmo. of them on there, huh? Yep. And um, so it was kind of so Brian was my age, and um, Brian was the youngest. But it was kind of you know we we had baseball that we were you know kind of tied us together, but we also had you know two brothers, and and so we kind of had that in common. Uh, but it seemed like when baseball season would come around, Brian and I would hang out a little bit more. Um, well, you know, get that in common. Yeah. So, I mean, we really didn't kind of hang out outside of it, but whenever baseball season would happen, we kind of get together every once in a while. And Yeah, you had those friends back then where they were either you're a, you'd only talk to them in school, really, right. or if you were on a team with them, then you'd... But you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't be, like, hanging out with them or whatever, no. like, after school. No. Um, Brian was... Which I guess would be kind of like your work friends now, you know? Yeah. You talk to them like your best friends at work, but then, you know, you know when you're out of work, you don't really hang out with him that right much. but i ended up sleeping over his house one 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 night after maybe probably like a like a, a baseball game, game. Yeah. yeah um brian was funny he was like a he was like the kid that was like the troublemaker he was like a risk taker you know he had the attitude of like i don't give a fuck i'm gonna do what i want <laughs> and there's nothing you can i think it's it might have been like a like a youngest child syndrome i'm going you know? to splash yeah the pot yeah whenever <laughs> i want um so, you know, we, we bonded over baseball, and one night I ended up sleeping over his house. And 
So they had like a split level house. It was one of those things where you walk in and you can either go down to the basement or you can go up to the living room kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, And then then the kitchen's right there and then the bedrooms are on the other side. So Eric, by this time, would have been probably like 18, 19. And he was living in the basement of their house. And uh, so, you know, this night where I'm, I'm there and I had already gotten this magazine by that time. And so I, I kind of knew of Resident I, Evil. I took it everywhere I went. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, it kind of started my interest in, 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 you know, really hardcore gaming and, and you know, led to my subscriptions and you know, yeah. where I got my news. So, I mean, this, I don't know, again, I don't know who sent this to me, but I got it in the mail. So it must have been EGM knowing something about me from a... Maybe a, someone... Uh, something I sent in or maybe a, maybe a Babbage's you. thing or something like that. Maybe one of those, like, tearaway things in the catalogs. Where could, like yeah, it could have been. Free, free three-month subscription and then... Right, up. right. Um, so, so we're down in this basement, and uh, and Brian's like, "Hey, you want to play the PlayStation? My my brother Eric just got a PlayStation. You got this uh, this new game. It's pretty cool." He's like, "No, I don't want to." I'm like, "Absolutely, let's check it out." So you know, he he gives me the controller. You know, it's it's uh, the be- the very beginning of the game, and uh, he's like, so, "Yeah, he's like, so this is how you you know this is kind of how you hold the gun, and this is what you do, and this is how you walk forward, and and um, I'm like, all right, so where the Frick, do I go? Like, what do I do? Figure it out. And he's like, um, so go down this, go down this, uh, go down this doorway right here. And I'm like, okay. So I, I go right. And, you know, the door opens slowly. And I'm like, I'm already scared out of my mind because <laughs> I, I don't know what can happen. I know a little bit about this game, but I've never seen it in action. So again, this is like 3D gaming is like a new thing for me, other than the 32x. Was this? But when you were when you were playing it, is it right from the beginning of the game? Like right from the oh, beginning. Okay. So I saw the the opening FMV. Yeah. And so I go, I go into the right hallway, and I think that's where it was. And um, so it's just a hallway, and it's it's just whisper quiet. Like you could hear a pin drop, and in the game. And I'm like, what do I do? He goes, just you know, continue to walk down this hallway. <laughs> he's like, I'm setting you yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, is anything gonna jump out? And he looks at me. He's like, no, you're fine. Just <laughs> just just keep walking forward. <laughs> so I'm like tiptoeing, tiptoeing. Right, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Stop so, being a bitch. Just walk. <laughs> <laughs> so we walk tiptoeing, tiptoeing, tip-toe. and I'm like, all right. So there's nothing in this hallway. So I just like, I just floor it forward, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the dogs jump in. I drop the controller on the ground. <laughs> I'm like, duh, duh, what do I, what do I do? I'm pointing at the sky. I'm shooting off rounds yeah. like, like like a crack addict. Shooting loads everywhere. <laughs> Eric and Brian are dying, dying. They're on the ground laughing at me, and I'm like laughing too because I'm like I don't know what to do. And I'm like at this point it's done. These dogs are like slurping me up. And I, I'm dead. Pause. And and it's just like you know they totally set me up for this game. <laughs> And uh, had some fun with me. But, you know, after playing that, I was like, I want to go back in. Like, I want to play this game. Now, he's like, he's like, all right, well, my brother's, he, wa- he wants to play Legacy of Kane. I think he had gotten Legacy of Kane as well at that time. So, he was playing Legacy of Kane. Yeah, I don't care. Legacy of Kane is great. No, I know. Both um, not when it comes but, to Resident but, Evil. Yeah, so, like, we, we, we <clears> left and, and we ended up going upstairs. And that was the first time I, I saw Vector Man. He had Vector Man on the Genesis on the Genesis too. We play that we play that on a black and white TV up in his up in his living room. <laughs> Damn, a black and white TV. Yeah, yeah. After a af- nine after black after playing this, TV. I'm like I'm like I'll I'll do this. This is fine. I'm comfortable <laughs> with this. And I was I was blown away by Vector Man too. But um, but that was my first experience with this game, and it, and it led me to get Resident Evil two, and then go back and get the director's cut of um of Resident Evil one, and I loved both of them. And 
you know, I would talk about, I talked about how Resident Evil Two was the first game where I kind of made my own strategy guide. You know, and oh, and, you did, and, and, and bound. Yeah, I talked about it on one of our podcasts. I talked about how I bound it together, and I drew like a ripped out tongue. And yeah, it was probably a bad story. That's why I don't remember. Yeah, it was. It was terrible. <laughs> so that's one of the games I'm gonna, I want to pick up. Hopefully, the I, new one. Uh, no, Resident Evil Two on sixty four. Oh, the sixty four version. Yeah, yeah it's not too bad. One. It's not too bad. Um, yeah, so it, it's just so this game was like a, a, it just was in our it was just sucked into our brains at that point in time, and and it, it's just a special game because it it reminds me of 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 Brian, it reminds me of Little League, and it reminds me of Ed and and those times that we were going through then, and and um, how special it was to experience the PlayStation for the very first time, you know. And and this fully 3D environment and and the horror of it all and just a new level of gaming that we were put, you know that we were put upon and just the possibilities that came from that it was just so exciting. And then like it's weird because when you think about it back then it's like you're just playing Resident Evil and you're just like, all right, I guess this is the game we're playing. It's not like you're thinking like this is the game. No, that you're defined not. A generation, you're just like, I, no. All right, this is what we're playing now. <laughs> no, the fr- that, the game that did that was Super Mario 64. But no, yeah, I know, but you're not. You're. Just, I mean, you're just thinking. No, I know. Like, what you, I know what you mean. I you're mean, like, right? This is this is what we're like. Playing this is now. what we're playing. But yeah. then, but if we only knew then yeah. how we felt and now about the game, on it, this is like the most iconic game ever made. Yeah, and we were just like, how, how special it really, we really, like, really yeah, was. Yeah, this is just the game we're playing now. Yeah, we just, we just, we just knew we liked it and we wanted it. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it was, and it was, it was part of what kind of shaped our interests, what my interests in, in video games and what I like and the kind of games I like to play. And um, you know, for that, it it has to be commended, and it, it has its place, and it's such a special game, and and there's nothing more I can really say about that. But but kudos and hats off to Capcom and and Shinji Mikami for for making this game. Thank you so much. And um, I just want to go back and play more, uh, play some Resident Evil now is what I want to do. Start up a new file and 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 get I know, moving. I kind of do want to <laughs> like play. I've never beaten the game, so it's like that's what we should do. We should just play it here. We should start up a file and just play a little bit at a time. Boot it up. So. But thank you guys so much for for being here for this podcast. Um, you know we love doing these for you guys. So if you have any suggestions or thoughts on on the show and what you'd like to see, we've got a, a pretty good catalog and um, database of games that we've played in our past that we probably would have stories for. So if you want to hear specific games, let us know. Um, hit us up with questions and comments um, either through our posts on Instagram, Facebook uh, is the Turbo Duo. And send us an email if you'd like. It's uh, theturboduo at gmail.com. If you can put up a review on any uh, podcast services that you're using, like iTunes, that always helps. Apple get, Podcasts would, be, would a- be great. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, because they change it. I, I not, say iTunes, but yeah, Apple Podcasts. That, that really would help us to get seen. If, if you want to hear more of this content. Um, oh, you want a scene? <laughs> <laughs> that would really help us to, uh, to get more people listening to the podcast because we really think that there's people out there that want this information but might not necessarily know about it so um if you can share it if you can tell a friend about it that would also be helpful i told someone today about it yeah but you're on the podcast so that doesn't matter (laughs) no he was delivering uh some stuff for us at work yeah i don't even know what oh because he was asking me what you give him the card yeah yeah yeah, because he was asking me what else i do when i was talking about like the video game bus and then i was like oh then i got a podcast too he's like he's like oh you got video games i was like yeah and then i was like (laughs) oh you got video games yeah He's like, yo, that was my. Because I was telling him we were doing Resident Evil. Yeah. He's like, yo, that's my shit. So <laughs> I fucked with that. I, everybody fucking loved Resident Evil. Yeah, so yeah, everybody was, did. So I gave him a card. He he, he followed did. us on Facebook too. Yeah, I was like, word. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, thank you guys again for for listening. And with that, be safe, be happy, be healthy, and as always, keep it turbo.